Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and every week we bring you what is new and interesting and relevant in healthcare so that you can advocate for yourself and your family and be able to make the smart healthcare decisions that uh, affect you all. Um, our uh, show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led, physician-run healthcare think tank in the country. Um, you hear the promos during our breaks, so I won't uh, uh, go too far into this, but we need your help and we need you to support what we're doing on the radio and uh, in Washington fighting uh, the battles in healthcare with uh, HHS and CMS and all the people who make the uh, rules that, that ultimately affect you. So please go to our website and donate generously so that we can continue our mission, which is to fight for the doctor-patient relationship and to protect your health care freedom. That's at d4pcfoundation.org, d4, number four, d4pcfoundation.org. And let me give a plug for our upcoming um, uh, direct primary care meeting, which is in Orlando on November 1st to November 3rd. This is the premier meeting that uh, covers this topic, which is one that has been one of the core issues of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation uh, because of uh, the leadership of our president, Lee Gross, who is one of the pioneers of the uh, direct primary care uh, movement. And, um, and it is a, uh, a, a meeting that is attended by over 300 doctors, and there's still room to, uh, to sign up. It's well worth it because not only do you get the, um, the 411 on direct primary care and learn the ins and outs and the pitfalls and be able to rub elbows with all the experts who do nothing but direct primary care, but you also will get uh, continuing medical education credits. So uh, this is this is an unbelievable value, and you should, uh, if you're a physician who is a primary care doctor, or if you're a specialist who is looking to get into the more into the free market healthcare aspect of healthcare, do yourself a favor. And uh, and think about attending this meeting because there's no other meeting like it, and, and uh, the uh, spots are going quickly. And I really think that you need to uh, um, learn about it if you don't know about it, and if you do, uh, make sure that you do attend because uh, there's going to be information there that's new and breaking that you won't get anywhere else but at a meeting like this, and it's the premier meeting in the country, hands down. Um, and things are sh- getting shaken up in health care. I don't know if anybody has been uh, uh, reading about it in the paper or paying attention, but um, NYU Medical School has decided that they were going to, at this point with their current class and going forward, they're going to um, uh, no longer require tuition 
for their students. They're going to give free education to the medical students. And, and uh, we can talk a little bit about this during the show today, but this is a uh, fairly important breakthrough. It diffuses some of the arguments that are, um, that are out there um, with regard to the crushing debt that medical students face when they get out of school. And so it opens the door for the people who advocate for the single-payer health care system by eliminating that argument. But it also opens the door to those who are arguing that there aren't enough primary care doctors and that primary care doctors can't go into, um, into that field. Medical students can't enter that field because they just uh, can't afford uh, to earn less money and uh, and and have to pay back all that debt. So there's there's some there's some uh, merit to this approach, but I don't think this is going to be the last school that we see that that uh, offers this because if they want to, if schools want to stay competitive, um, they're going to uh, need to follow suit. And I think that NYU has opened up Pandora's box, if you will. So. Today, um, we, I, we live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, that's where we uh, practice and broadcast from, which is, I think, ranked in the top three in worst traffic in the city. And, and we had a horrible <laughs> traffic accident this morning here, so my guest is running a little bit late. Um, but um, it's, it's really my pleasure to, uh, to bring in one of my really good, good friends, who is a, uh, a real a real leader in uh, free market healthcare and uh, and a, uh, a a thought leader in uh, healthcare public policy? He's been working alongside me for the better part of a decade in in regard to this, and uh, and we have an opportunity now to work together. Full disclosure: we're going to talk about a topic today that. Uh, both myself and my guest Brian Hill have uh, really uh, thought about and, and been excited about, and finally have gotten to fruition. And now things are starting to really heat up. and And uh, you've heard about it on this show before, which is um, Healthcare Impact Partners, Health Hip Nation, the Direct Care Plus model that that we've developed and and where we've gone with this. So. Um, Brian, thanks for coming into the studio today. Thanks, Hal. I cannot believe it's been 10 years. And, and it is. I think you and I actually had color in our hair when we first met. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> so it's the radio. They can't see, but you know. <laughs> I've got a good face for radio. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm told. Uh, so, well, before we start, I do want to reiterate, if, you, if you're out here listening to this uh, station and, and hearing Hal speak, you know his passion, you know his love. And that gets expressed and come across very well in the Nuts to Bolts 2.0 conference. If you have any question, interest, thought about participating, engaging in a free market medical association, primary care without the interruption of insurance, a specialty practice without insurance stepping into your backyard, you need to be at this conference. It is a remarkable conference with remarkable thought leaders in healthcare and how it's just a great thing that you've done for the community of medicine, both physicians and our patients to, to be continually engaged in, in these types of organizations and these pr- approaches. Thank you. Well, thank you. you. And, and, you know, we, Brian, I really appreciate that. And there's, you know, th- this, this conference always attracts not only the best speakers and not, and, and 
doctors who were excited about actually changing healthcare and making a difference. And you can see yeah. that excitement there. It's palpable. But this year, as we have in years past, we'll have guest speakers there. And it's our hope that we'll be able to uh, have uh, Secretary of HHS Azar there this, this year. And I can't even begin to tell you how important that is for him to see something like this um, uh, taking place and and sitting there and listening and participating in this that that has got to have a huge influence on his decision making going forward. Now, without a doubt, to see the vibrancy of medicine, I mean, really healthcare as it should be being talked about by primary care physician specialists, being excited about taking care of patients. I think that's not something that, you know, that the you know, Commissioner Azar sees on a regular, or Secretary Azar sees on a regular routine basis when he interacts with, with medicine and to see the love of medicine coming forth in this organization and, and in these types of uh, events will we'll have to spur him to understand that this is the future of healthcare. So why is healthcare failing, Brian? Because there's way too many people sitting in our exam rooms. It, it really becomes, I think, as simple as that. You know that, and and again, it's what we've been preaching for a long time. How is is that medicine is what happens when a physician and their patients interact and engage with each other, and when you put all of the third party payers, we put all the government bureaucrats in that exam room with physicians. You you distract them, you drive up the cost of care, you interrupt that patient physician relationship. You know, and you do that, and. You know, healthcare diminishes. So, I, and I don't want to. I don't want people to get the impression that healthcare is bad in the U.S. In fact, healthcare is the best in the U.S. At, in the, in the entire world. And you've got to ignore the rhetoric that you that you hear on TV or read about in the newspapers because it's it's agenda driven. And healthcare in the U.S. is the best, but it is it is expensive and it doesn't need to be. Yes. And, and and there are ways that that can be circumvented, one of which has been direct primary care. No, that's correct. We are blessed to be where we are in place and time in history. Here in the United States, we've got a remarkable, talented group of physicians able to provide remarkable health care. The, I think the beauty of health care is what we do every day as physicians is that our goal is to always be better to learn more, to better apply what we've learned to our patients, take technology and, and allow us to better cure and manage diseases to improve people's quality of life better is always our goal. And so I think when we take a look at healthcare the way it is right now, it is unbelievable. We are, again, blessed, but we could be better. There, there, there are reasons why we're not better, and that's because people have poor access because of cost because because insurance companies have have if for lack of a better word perverted this whole system and and now hospitals have stepped in and they've been given carte blanche to essentially run the show and they've taken advantage of it by consolidating so in a in a most metropolitan areas around the country, there used to be 20 or 30 hospitals. Now there are three or four or five hospital systems. Doctors used to not be able to be employed by hospitals. It was a law, the the um, corporate practice of medicine law, that has been ignored, and hospitals are now buying doctors and and trying to control lives. 
they get paid differently than doctors do. They get paid preferentially for giving care at higher rates. Doctors have been prevented from opening up uh, up um, uh, lower cost centers to deliver care that's been codified in Obamacare. So on, on multiple fronts, there have been roadblocks that have been put up or uh, that, that prevented patients from accessing quality, low-cost care. No, you're exactly right. And we've lost the fact that the patient is supposed to be the center of our healthcare world and that that world should be managed and run by physicians. And instead, you know, what we have in today's healthcare system is per physician, you know, in the U.S., and this was a Harvard Business Review study, there are 10 full-time equivalent employees in the insurance arena and in the physician's office that do nothing to help improve the quality of care for patients. Ten people per doctor. And that's in order to just manage this system. That adds tremendous cost, $600,000 per doctor, $600 billion per year. And that does nothing to make health care better. We need to get those people out of the exam room and exa- out of the pockets of our patients because our patients are paying for all of those people through higher health care costs and reflected in higher health care premiums. So you and I and a couple of other people that we work closely with recognized this and, and became very um, just just discouraged by the direction that health care was going in. And we sat down and we said, we can do this better. And, um, and so that's a tease because I want you to stay with us so that when we get into the next segment... Brian's going to explain to you how how we uh, decided that we were going to uh, uh, fix this problem. So stay with us in the Doctor's Lounge. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Come join us on September 22nd at historic 4th Ward Park for the first ever Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Walk a Mile in Her Shoes asks men to literally walk one mile in women's high heel shoes as a way to express empathy to all victims of sexual assault. It's a lighthearted way to get the community talking about such a difficult subject. Are you man enough? Come join us. All proceeds benefit Day League, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. For more information and to register, go to Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. Um, I'm Dr. Hal. My guest today is Dr. Brian Hill, um, urologist par excellence, and uh, the 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 uh, medical director and president 
of Hip Nation, um, which is um, a, a a tremendous uh, um, healthcare model that uh, we're going to spend the next three segments talking about. So, so Brian and I and Dr. Jeff English, who's been on this show, and another another um, person who is a very skilled healthcare attorney, uh, uh, Davis uh, Butler. We sat down and we decided that we could do better, and we um, we spent about two years mapping this out and figuring out what needed to happen. So I'm going to set the table for you, Brian. So. So direct primary care is the model that this is based on. I'm going to want you to just kind of briefly, because we talk about this a lot on the show, but just briefly, again, tell everybody what direct primary care is. But direct primary care alone can't fix the problem. And I want you to, t- to elaborate on, on why we believe that and, and what it was that we felt needed to happen in order for that to, be, uh, to, to take place. Sure. So, so the idea and the foundation of direct primary care is that our belief, and fortunately this has been shown consistently across the board through studies, that when you have a personal relationship with a primary care physician, without all those 10 other people in the exam room that you, we see in today's current model of healthcare delivery, when you have that, you improve healthcare. Patients have access to care. You know, our primary care physicians can manage patient panels of 600 people as opposed to the normal panel of 2,500 to 3,000. Physicians can't take care of 3,000 people very well. When you have a panel of 3,000, you have to see 22, 25, 30 people a day. You can't take care of seeing 22 to 23 to 30 people a day very well. You can't make them healthy. You can't make them well. And you don't have access to healthcare very well when your physician's running around like that trying to manage more of the industry that's healthcare. You than get seven the minutes with them and the doctor's face is buried in a computer. Amen. They're, fi- they're filling out metrics that have nothing to do with you sitting in front of them, but making sure that they're meeting the requirements, you know, of the third party payer, whether it's a commercial market or whether it's the, or whether it's Medicare. That's not healthcare. And if we pull all of that out of that office and allow the physician to do what they were trained to do, create a great relationship with the patient, engage with them in their health and wellness, have conversations about what's going on with them within their not only health, but what's happening with you at home financially, what's happening with you in the stressors at work, how are you eating, exercise, what's your diet management plan, all of these other factors that come in to help make people healthy and well can be addressed and talked about and managed in a space of a primary care physician's office if they have the time and they're not distracted. So, so that is a tremendous foundation in, in healthcare to bring that on board. And the beauty of that is that patients get healthier. You'll see them less likely to be admitted to the emergency room. They're less likely to actually even have to have specialty surgeries. They're more likely to take their medications. They're more likely to lose weight. They're more likely to stop smoking. They're more likely to be well, to thrive in, in their health. They're more likely to take less medication, and there is um, no, right now in the current um, healthcare milieu, people are getting medications from multiple doctors who don't talk to each other, and and very often there are drug interactions that can be deadly. Yes, and 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 the more cooks that are in that kitchen of managing your health, the more likely that that's going to happen, and especially when your quarterback, we all think 
of our primary care as the quarterback of our team, when your quarterback is distracted, spending seven minutes with you, spending 73% of their time doing administrative work, not clinical work, when they're doing all of that, mistakes happen. So let me ask you a question before we go on. So in in the... Um the the agenda of the of the statist run healthcare system at one point was creating the medical home we're not talking about a medical we are talking about a medical home here but it's a different medical home than the statists have wanted no you're exactly right the the idea of a medical home i think anybody that that you know loves medicine would go that's a great concept having a group of physicians and caregivers dietitians, health and wellness coaches, nurse managers, social workers, whoever you need to help manage your your subset of patients, having them engaged together to help focus and care for a patient is a great concept except when it happens under the auspices of, you know, the government and and their definition of what a medical home should be because those medical homes, based on the government definition, have a penalty of regulations they have to follow. They continue to be distracted, making sure they're meeting meaningless metrics, not managing the care of the patient. Plus, they're also in in their their emphasis is on lowering costs, which is not entirely wrong. But the way that they lower cost is to ration care. And we're saying that there's a better way of lowering costs, which is to provide better health care and to better utilize the resources and not have to spend as much money as we currently do in this artificial um, uh, health care um, uh, system that's not really a system. No, that's right. If I have a, to have a patient-centered medical home based on the government regulations, that means I have to be hiring people to make sure I'm following the regulations. It makes sure I'm having to keep with a consultant to follow the changes as they come down the pipeline. All of that is money that I'm actually taking out of health care, providing care for my patient, and I'm putting it to managing the bureaucracy. Get those people out of the office. And it's interesting. When we, you know, again, how you and I talk a lot, when we look at, at the concept of a patient-centered medical home and we talk about saving costs and we look at population health management, really the idea of a PCMH, patient-centered medical home, is to drive down the cost and spend in the population. Uh, my belief is that if I manage the person sitting in front of me to the best that we possibly can, the population will follow suit. Fix Healthcare at the foundational level between the patient and one physician, and one physician and one patient, fix it there, you know, and then the rest will follow in line. So, so that is the the foundation, but that won't fix healthcare. Right. So, so what did we come up? What What did you and Bron- and uh, Jeff, and the, the team, come up with? that that uh, could take that to the next level. Yeah, so the idea of, of direct primary care is a wonderful aspect and in innovation to accessing care, and it does help decrease some of the cost of care through providing better health care at that foundational level. But it's the foundation. It's not going to be a disruptive model to change the trajectory of health care throughout the United States. We carry that big, hairy, audacious goal that we want to fix health care. So the foundation, yes, direct primary care. But we also have that same impact of insurance in every aspect of healthcare. 
whether it's through labs and imaging and pharmaceuticals. And we'll see a lot of the direct primary care offices engage in that, in those spaces to try to help drive down the cost of care. But it also extends beyond that. It extends into the specialty offices. It extends into ambulatory surgeries. It extends into surgical-based procedures that are done in the outpatient space. If we continue to ensure those, if we continue to have all of that third-party engagement in those spaces, we're going to do the same thing we were doing in primary care, artificially drive up costs, put too many people in the exam room, and make things higher and more expensive than what they ever should be. So, so you know, and, and not to confuse things, because this can be very confusing, but when you say insurance-based, there's a role for insurance to play in this, and if people want to get insu- to insure these events, they can do so. But what is is killing healthcare today is the interface of the third party and taking the patient out of the financial transaction entirely, so that the patient says, "Well." Insurance will cover this, and so there's no accountability. There's really no incentive for patients to be good consumers. That that certainly comes into play. That we get misaligned interests that that start happening, and we call them. You talk about moral hazard when we shield consumers from the awareness of price, and that leads to to different behaviors that are not necessarily always good. The other issue that comes into that space, though, is the same thing in my office as a specialist urologist exists in the primary care office. If we allow it, we can have exceptionally high overhead and administrative cost having to code, bill, do prior authorizations, claims denials, you know, go out and negotiate contracts, deal with consultants to make sure we're meeting the, you know, alphabet soup of anachronisms that are out there that are based on the regulatory burden. We have to hire all these people to drive overhead costs in the 60 to 70 percent range, and that is going to make the product I bring forward more expensive. Right. So we want to pair insurance. We believe wholeheartedly in insurance, insurance should be there to help us against the rare, high-cost, catastrophic events that bankrupt us. But insurance doesn't necessarily have to touch everything. So we want a, a hand-in-glove approach that health care you know, should be innovative, dynamic, lower cost, accessible. When you see your primary care doctor, when you go see your specialist, when you see individuals in that outpatient space, let's do what we can to drive down the cost of care, focus on the patient by creating innovative models there, which is direct primary care membership model, payment at the point of service for specialty consults. Let's do those things where we can cut healthcare costs in the specialty space by 30 40%, and then let's remodel the insurance system to help protect against those events that if you see a specialist and they find a cancer diagnosis, then the insurance should be able to kick in to help manage that rare high cost catastrophic event that's insurance and let me and let me um, just once again restate what I have said numerous times in, on behind this microphone and that is that pre 1964 insurance um, was a, a uh, it, it was predictable you paid a premium and they sent you a check for um, a service that you received it was transactional it was it was not covering an entire event so if you went to a doctor you sent them the super bill the insurance company the super bill and they sent you back a check if you had a uh, a procedure done you sent them the bill they sent you a check it was it was predictable this got perverted along the way 
by insurance companies and government so that it's now what we see today and and that that model is unsustainable and we what what was old can be new again and that's what we you know thought this whole concept of hip nation needed to to move towards so so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll you pull you back in there. We've got one minute till the break, so I'm gonna just set up the next question. So we've talked about why um, what what the foundation for Hip Nation is, which is direct primary care. We talked about that direct primary care alone can't fix the problem. You need to have everything in there. So Brian, when we get back in in uh, to the next segment, I want you to go through how we put this together and and why and um, and who our target audience was initially and now what it is so so those are going to be the next steps in in uh, in basically telling the hip nation story so stay with us the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Are you man enough to take a stand against sexual assault? If so, join us for the first annual Walk a Mile in Her Shoes on Saturday, September 22nd at the historic Fourth Ward Park. For more information, go to Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Everydayhero.do. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back in the Doctor's Lounge with my guest, Dr. Brian Hill, who is the president and the medical director of Hip Nation. Um, Hip Nation Healthcare. Um, it is HipNation.com. Go to the website to learn more about it and, and read something that you probably won't see anywhere else and uh, people um, you know are starting to take notice about what we're doing and um, having Brian tell the hip nation story today because it's a story that must be told so that we can bring this innovative healthcare model that has been beta tested in Atlanta successfully and bring it everywhere so Brian we left off you know, talking about the foundation for this, which is direct primary care, which is obviously the 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 crux, the centerpiece of this, and and um, we needed to make this bigger. So go ahead. Yeah, certainly, we needed to bring specialty care on board. So again, big 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 fan of direct primary care, huge foundation of of a, a healthcare system you know that needs to be developed. Like I said, the direct primary care is the is the pathway. 
But if we really wanted to change healthcare, what we needed to do is to bring in the, the ancillary services that extend outside of the primary care office to really create what we talk about is a healthcare ecosystem that's based around a direct primary care model with a competitive, price transparent marketplace for specialty care that if you end up needing an imaging, you know what it costs before you buy it. The imaging centers then for have to compete for pricing to, in order to attract people to come, just like any other market. We have price transparent mar- uh, pricing for our specialty care so that patients know how much it costs when they come in. And our specialists love it because they get paid at the point of service, just like how you bought your cell phone. You paid when you bought, you know, when you, you paid for it when you picked it up. That makes that transaction very easy, facile. Specialists don't have a 30, 60, 90 day accounts receivable. That they become very interested in providing this level of care at a price that is lower than what they'll charge in the insurance market. So bringing them on board into the system as well, again, further expands our footprint to really create an entire ecosystem of primary care to specialty care that provides lower cost, higher quality care. And then the cool thing we do is that we believe that all needs to be tied together. It needs to start with the patient at the center, so our, our primary care doctors actually share cell phones with the pharmaceutical groups we use. We use the Academy of Independent Pharmacists. They, they can talk with each other on their cell phone. The pharmacists don't get trapped in a phone tree trying to reach a doctor, which never happens in today's world. They don't talk to each other. That's, that's adding value to the, to the patient and physician. We have our specialties, uh, physicians that are available that if our primary care doctors have a question, just just ask our specialist a quick question. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily need to be referred out outside of the office. Empower the patient in the, in the primary care office. Empower the primary care doctor. Make that a unique and powerful and special place. And so we want to put that whole community together and allow us to then take that and expand it to not just here in the metro Atlanta area, but put that throughout well, the United States. We want to be a national organization for care. And if we take that and we pair it with unique insurance products, you know, because the insurance products now are not covering all of those unnecessary places where it's not supposed to be, the cough, the cold, the sniffle, even an elevated prostate-specific antigen that somebody sees me for in the office for a worry about, is this prostate cancer? Don't insure that. But if it is a cancer diagnosis, insure that. If somebody has a stroke, insure that. And when you do that, you're insuring things that are necessary, and then insurance prices actually drop because they're not having to cover and insure things that don't require insurance. So so when we put this together, I just want everybody to kind of get a chronologic idea of how this happened because it didn't just happen. So when, when this concept was put together, it was put together because we as physicians who have been talking about free market health care and who have been um, really active in, in health care policy um, and also um, I would like to think are some of the best doctors in the Atlanta market. We have the the uh, we know who the good ones are, and we um, and we can bring people who think the same way, who are the best people, and say to them, "Do you want to be part of this?" No, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, everybody kind of looks at what we're doing, and and right now we have over about 120 specialists in the Atlanta metro area. We're we're expanding on a regular and routine basis, but. You know, people will look and go, well, you, you don't have a, a network. We're, we're not a network. We're a community. But but if we talk to a, an individual or sometimes we'll talk to a business, and like, oh, you don't have a large network. I go, well, certainly I can have a large network with a lot of physicians in it, but some of those physicians I wouldn't necessarily want operating on me. Right. And so I'm going to take a little extra step and say, 
will. It's not the network size that matters. It's the quality of the doctor that you're seeing that matters. Let's make sure we're bringing good quality people together. And the argument is that this is a small closed panel group. And but but the way that I see this, and you, I, I would like you to comment on this, is that with price transparency, and you get people who agree that they're going to keep their prices low, and they're going to um, they're going to advertise what their prices are, and then if there are other doctors that we think are quality doctors who want to come in to this, they will compete on the price side of this and lower their prices to the lowest point that they think that they can provide that care for. And so there'll be um, downward pressure to to get the cost as low as possible with the best possible doctors. No, without a doubt. And, and the other beautiful thing out of that, and I, I, I like to think that I provide pretty good urology care, and and I sit and spend a lot of time with my patients. I talk to my patients. I like to explain things ad nauseum, as you probably get on the radio show. I believe that with that being the case, maybe I should be able to charge a little bit more because of that. Yes. Maybe I've been out practicing a little bit longer than somebody that just came out of residency. And so my skill set is, is, is greater. My breadth of information is greater. I've seen more patients. And so perhaps I should be able to charge and let the marketplace decide whether or not they want to have a conversation with me and show, and, and not me thinking I'm a quality, quality urologist, but if I get to charge more because of that and people agree with that, then that's my right price. 100%. 100%. So, so we think that given our, um, our, the, the breadth of our reach from docs for patient care, from the, all the thousands of doctors that interact with us who are on the same page as we are, we believe that if we put this together here, it's, it's not going to take very long for us to get those doctors in in Texas or in Alabama or Tennessee or Florida or in in um, in Indiana to come to come together and say to us, "Tell us how we can do this." No, without a doubt, and, and certainly your connections, Hal, and the work that you've been doing at the national level, the organization that you run with Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and even the meetings that you hold, you know, certainly create a wonderful footprint throughout the United States for us. So we're, we're appreciative of that and, and what you've done. The other aspect of this, though, is that physicians are uneasy. Right now in the healthcare system, and there was a recent study that came out of Stanford, 55% of physicians are burnt out of medicine. 55%. And they're not burnt out of loving and caring for their patients. They're burnt out because the industry of healthcare is burdening them with all those other people in the office and in the exam room that aren't supposed to be there. They're sucking the life out of that relationship that's supposed to be between physicians and their patients. They're not allowing doctors to provide care, but instead be people that just check boxes on a computer system. There is a drive and desire for physicians to get back to being doctors again, not providers, but a doctor. And so that, that, that is endemic throughout the United States in the healthcare system. And so we're trying to find a way to get these doctors out of these broken models of, of a fee for service running, you know, through multiple people through the office and get back to actually providing care again. So, so when Hip Nation started, we were um, we we were one one thing. Now we're more, yeah. and and so I'd like you to to um, to elaborate. Um, who is who? Who is this for? Is it for 
employers? Is it for individual patients? Who's who's Hip Nation for? Uh, I'll, I'll put the yes out there. It was interesting when we initially started, and how you remember when we were having conversations, the idea of of HIP Healthcare Impact Partners is that we wanted to really partner with businesses in order to step into their in, into their business drive down their cost of care, improve the health and wellness of their employees, improve the productivity of that workforce by allowing them to be hopefully sick less often, more often at work, allowing them to spend less time in the physician's office. We really wanted to partner and pair with them. And then the Blue Cross Blue Shield group pulled out of the individual exchange here, the Obamacare exchange in, in Georgia. And, and we said there's a huge need in the market there for people because the options in the, in the Obamacare market here were, were not very good. And so we stepped into that market as well. So our path is both. We've got remarkable products for those who are individuals where they can join up with Hip Nation, get that 100% access to their personal primary care doctor, get your primary care doctor's cell phone number, you know, be a member of six to 700 people in an office of a primary care doctor focused exclusively on you. And we've got unique insurance products for individuals that pair with our healthcare product that are about 30 to 50% cheaper than the Obamacare exchange products. So something that's this good has to be so expensive, doesn't it? It's it. We're, we're, we're less expensive. That's the beauty of it. That's what people look at us and they go, this, this is too good to be true. So how much does it cost for somebody to come into Hip Nation? So I'll, I'll do myself for, for a family of four. And, and I always love to use myself. I'm a, I'm a small business owner. I'm a, I'm a urologist with a small practice. And so my wife and, and my two daughters and myself, the four of us, were paying about $1,800 a month in insurance premiums you know, with a $2,500 deductible. Now, this was a couple years ago. This is, this is when you were getting your insurance through your urology through practice. Through my urology practice. We were paying it for it our, as ourselves as a small business with a 5000 family deductible. So that's $20,000 plus, plus your deductible, which was what? That was actually 2500 at that time. Okay. so But now it's probably closer to 6000 6, Yep, that's correct. So it's about $26,000 to insure you, your wife, and your girls. So now if we, end, you know, with Hip Nation and the, the insurance plan that we've paired with Hip Nation, we're paying $734 a month. You know, for this, my wife and my two daughters have a personal concierge primary care doctor that they can reach if they have any questions or any issues. I do as well. You know, for $734. And with that, you know, we're carrying a $10,000, $10,500 deductible. You know, we're with MediShare, which they call it an AHP, an annual household portion. So I cover 100% up to 10500 Never in my life have I spent more than $2,000 a year in health care spending. But it can happen if you but have an operation. Happen. I want to be protected against that. Right. But now I've saved $1,100 a month, $13,000 a year. Which you can put away and you can actually, in five years, you've got $65,000 and um, that you would have paid in premiums. Yep. Yep. And now it's in my bank. And if I have a bad year where I have a $10,500 spend, I've just saved $65,000 over the past five years that in, went to me instead of an insurance company. That's big dollars. That's a lot of money in people's pockets. $10,000 a year in a family of four, you know, in today's world where the average income on a year annual basis is about $65,000, I mean, you're talking about 17% of their income back in their pocket. That's, that's, that can be life-changing. That's, that's a couple vacations. That's a child going to college. college. Yes. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And great care to boot. 
So, so in the last segment, I wish we had another hour, but in the last segment, we're going to go ahead and talk about how Hip Nation is really doing, and uh, and some and the, the the business itself. So, so stay with us, and uh, we'll be back in the doctor's lounge. Yeah, we'll- the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Dr. Elena George. Join me Wednesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. for Medicine on Call, a show dedicated to exploring the medical, social, and political aspects of our healthcare system in order to find solutions. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back in the Doctor's Lounge. Um, today we've been talking about Hip Nation with my guest, Dr. Brian Hill, the president and medical director, founder. And uh, we've had a great conversation trying to uh, elaborate on how Hip Nation has succeeded in a uh, in a healthcare market where everything is failing, and um, we left off talking about how affordable and how much money you can save by by doing something like this, Brian. But uh, you know, what about the people who who decide to uh, come into this? You know, they need an MRI scan. MRI scans are really expensive. What what happens? Well, well, certainly they're very expensive in the current healthcare system. They're not expensive in our system. So we've gone out and done direct contracting with imaging centers to say if our members came and paid cash at the point of service, you know, what would you be willing to charge? And so we can get an MRI for three hundred ninety nine dollars. And so it's a beautiful thing what happens when we take in the magic wand of insurance and that $3,000 MRI becomes $399. And then we've partnered, right? Hip Nation has partnered with an indemnity company. And, and if you su- submit the bill to the indemnity company that, that uh, is one of the Hip Nation partners, then what happens? They'll actually pay you $350 back. $350. So the MRI really cost you about $40. That's exactly right. And, and, and if, if, so if you're a good consumer and you utilize the, the imaging center, which is a quality imaging center, it's, it's the only remaining independent imaging center in the Atlanta market, or one of the only ones, um, that the hospitals have not bought up. If you use them, because we direct uh, hip nation directs you to them then you and you have this indemnity insurance as a backup you can spend $40 if you decide you know what i think the hospital does a much better job i'm going to go into the hospital 
how much will you pay? That's about $3,000. And the beauty of what we've done is we minimize or we make sure that the people that come on board to provide imaging services for us have great imaging, great magnets. So we have a neuroradiologist that evaluates the magnet, the technology that's available on the magnet before we even bring them on board and, uh, and allow them to be accessed by our members because quality still speaks loudly in hip nation okay so that's that's and i know i'm i'm being a little bit a little bit uh condescending or or not not condescending but i'm 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 asking the questions and i'm throwing up softballs but i'm doing this <laughs> i'm doing this on purpose because these are the questions that people ask all the time so so what about you know if you need a outpatient procedure you need an outpatient surgery you know what happens if i have a kidney stone what what you know that's that surely that that's going to cost me an arm and a leg well fortunately it doesn't it costs you again an arm and a leg if we're throwing the softballs up it costs you an arm and a leg in today's healthcare system but that's because of all the unnecessary administrative costs so if you have abdominal pain you call your personal primary care doctor your primary care doctor says sounds like you might have a kidney stone I'm going to have you again you don't have to go to the office the primary care doctor that's your doctor can have that conversation over the phone the reason they have you come in in today's world is because, well, they don't get paid if you're not in the office. But that doesn't is not an issue if you have a, a direct primary care doctor. They'll call and set up a CT scan, Stone Protocol. We can get that for $295. Again, the indemnity plan will pay you back $350 for that CT scan. If that's a kidney stone, the primary care doctor can notify me because we share each other's cell phone and say, Brian, I've got a patient. Hal's got a kidney stone. Sorry, Hal. <laughs> he needs to come and see you. That uh, primary care doctor will then help schedule that appointment to have the f- patient come and see me. It's cash payment at the point of service. It's $120 to see me. You take and submit that to the indemnity plan, and they pay you $80 back. If you see a specialist, they're going to pay you $80. And then if I ne- find that this is indeed a stone we need to go operate on, I've got a cash payment at the point of service for that kidney stone. That's about 40% of the price of the insurance-based market. You come and pay me for that. You submit that to the indemnity plan, and the indemnity plan will actually pay you back more, just a little bit more, than what that kidney stone procedure costs because the indemnity plan is based on a broken current high-cost healthcare system. So their money they reimburse to their insured is actually higher than a lot of times what we need for you know, to cover the cost of the procedures we provide. So how do they stay in business if they're paying out more? Yeah, because they're not paying, because they, well, they do two things. One, they do underwrite. So this is an underwritten process. So they do take, take a look at some of the pre-existing conditions. It doesn't exclude you, but they account for those. And over time, they also realize that with a direct primary care foundation, patients are going to be less likely to need to have issues of CT scans. They need less likely to have problems with MRIs. Their blood pressure is going to be managed better. They're not going to be admitted to the hospital as regularly. And they also know that our healthcare ecosystem is a lower cost healthcare ecosystem. And so that their prices that, that they're going to have to pay out are, are not going to be as much. We're going to be running out of time and I've got a few more questions I need to ask you. So, so um, the question that I get asked all the time is, you know, is this for everyone? What if you've got somebody who's got like a chronic disease like, you know, cancer or, or you know, Crohn's disease or, or MS? You know, wh- how, how does that work? Yeah, I would tell you at this point we are not for everyone. I would, I would separate that actually. I would say Hip Nation itself is for everyone. 
because Hip Nation doesn't care about pre-existing conditions. Hip Nation doesn't care about you know it, the level of, of sickness that's in that body of yours. We want to take care of of people that need our care. So you can join Hip Nation no matter what your medical condition. Get a hundred percent access to a primary care physician that will be your guide, create the great relationship, and maximize your ability to be as well as you possibly can be. So Hip Nation takes care of everybody and anybody. But the insurance partner. The insurance partner does not. And so in that situation, if you do have a chronic medical condition, a high-cost condition, then unfortunately we don't have insurance partners that pair with us to be able to fix that yet. So It will so, come. So this is this is the, the distinction that, that needs to be made, which is that health care – there's no one one size fits all solution for healthcare and you want to be able to create something that does the most good for the most people and then the outliers we find solutions to fix the outliers instead of addressing the outliers and making everybody fit in that box no you're exactly right what what our goal is as we move along is that right now patients and physicians are are at the behest of the insurance companies we have to respond to them we have to do what they say like you said how it's really kind of a one-size-fits-all approach what we see and what we envision is that we want to empower patients and physicians to take the control of health care back and make insurance companies create products that meet our needs rather than the other way around. And we're starting to see that happening with Hip Nation right now. And we're going to get into that because I want you to end with that. So what if I'm a a small business? What if I have, you know, um, 30 employees and and I want to provide health care for my employees? Does this work? Yeah, this is great and and, and great question. Our our beautiful place where we find great cost savings and great care are in small businesses. We have unique insurance products where we can go into these businesses businesses and create an insurance product within their business. We call them level-funded plans. And we can step in and provide health care benefits where every single one of those employees from the janitor up to the owner of the company gets a concierge personal primary care doctor. And when we pair our health care product with this level-funded insurance product, we can actually save those small businesses anywhere from 30 to 50%. And that's the second largest line item on their P, on their profit and loss statement. And it's the one that's going up on annual on a regular basis. You see these small businesses anywhere from 10. We've seen as much as 44% increase in premiums. And these small business owners are, are struggling. It's, 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 it makes you sick because then they can't provide insurance benefits. Their employees then start struggling to try to find and access to health care. And they can't keep people. They can't keep their employees. The employees are, are leaving. We can step into that business and we can drive down their cost, give them a great, wonderful product of healthcare. I mean, they get a concierge doctor for everybody and and improve their bottom line, improve the uh, capital expenditures that they have. They can increase their salaries to their employees. They can take those financial resources and do what they need to for their business rather than wasting them on a broken, high-cost healthcare system. So we've got a few minutes left. I want you to tell everybody you know, this started out as a proof of concept uh, kind of organization in in North Atlanta. Um, just quickly go through 
where it came from, where it is now, and where it's going. Yes, we started in four offices in the North Atlanta uh, area. We started in Sandy Springs and Johns Creek and in um, Roswell. We are now expanding and covering uh, covering from Decula, all the way down, which is north of Atlanta, all the way down to the southern Peachtree uh, City, down uh, below Atlanta, below the airport. Uh, we have 11 primary care physicians that are engaging with us now with a goal of expanding to 20 by, by November 1st. We're moving to Athens, having a conversations with a wonderful group of physicians in Athens. Athens, Georgia, Athens, not Greece. Greece. Yes. <laughs> well, Greece would be nice as a sideline, but that's a, you know, a little too much on the flight. And we're heading down to Macon, are our next stops here in, in Georgia. And our goal of expansion includes moving into Alabama and Texas by the open quarter, by, by Q1, Q2 of, of next year. We really want this to be the foundation of our next healthcare ecosystem. What has the growth rate been of, of HipNation? I have wonderful growth. So we're growing anywhere from our low month has been 8% growth, and that was July when everybody was on vacation, uh, to 22% growth. So we're modeling right, right between that on month-over-month growth in membership. I don't know any other healthcare system that's growing at that rate. Well, it's because we meet a huge need in the market. People need innovative healthcare delivery models that improve the quality of care, drive down the cost of that care, and we're just ecstatic to be, you know, at the tip of the spear, uh, the revolution, we like to say, of the coming healthcare change because we need to do this for our patients and the physicians. What are the impediments for growth? No, it's interesting. So the interesting thing, I think, uh, is is one, people only know what they know. They've been walking around so long in this broken healthcare system and they're so used to the lingo, the we've been almost indoctrinated, if you will, in thinking that healthcare is health insurance. And to try to start breaking that mindset is is one thing, just a, a difficult thing to do in people's mind. Ultimately, I see some of the struggles that you know, as you mentioned, how the hospital systems are buying up physician groups left over, you know, right hand over foot, and and to they're they're stuck in non competes, they're stuck in in contracts that they can't get out of very easily. So so that might be a bit of an impediment in the short order. We want to have a foundation for these physicians to step into once those contracts expire, and then the insurance companies. So so if people want to um, have. Uh, learn more about this. Um, how can they get in touch with you, or how can they learn about this on their own? Sure, they can log on. Uh, be, uh, you can look on online. It's hipnation.com. You can email me, B Hill, that's B as in boy, Hill, at hipnation.com. We have a Facebook page as well. We have some videos out there on, on the Facebook page. Face, Facebook page is Hip Nation Healthcare. Certainly follow us, like us there. We put information out there as well. And the testimonials are incredible, aren't they? They are. That, that's the beautiful part of this. It's just the, the And they're real. And they're real. They're patients just talking out of their heart about how and that's the blessing of medicine, how you make a difference in their lives. Brian, it's been great having you in here today. It's been a long time and I hope that we can get you back in here again real soon. Thanks, Hal. Okay, thanks for being with us in the Doctor's Lounge. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you.
Join us for the first annual Walk a Mile in Her Shoes on Saturday, September 22nd at Historic Fourth Ward Park. For more information, go to Atlanta Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. EverydayHero.do. Are you man enough? Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare. Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. 